And hello, everyone, and welcome to a program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista and Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. We have a great program prepared for you today. Uh, so we're going to be talking about tribulation starting. So stay tuned for today's program. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you so much for uh, your word that gives us hope and light for the future. Uh, Lord, we thank you so much that uh, you have promised your church that we will not have to endure the tribulation. And so as we discuss a very difficult topic, as the world seems to be unraveling and lawlessness abounds, natural disasters everywhere, Lord, we pray for those people who are suffering right now. Pray that they'll give their hearts and uh, lives to you. And uh, Lord, that uh, only good will come out of all this and that you'll be praised. Thank you, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. 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 Again, you're tuned into the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're talking about the tribulation starter. So, Nathan, it's great to have you on once again this week. Brother, it's always good to be talking about God's Word with you. And having everybody tuned in, we welcome you all. Excited. And of course, Nathan, like we do every week, we want to bring people the good news of Jesus Christ, but also information so they can grow in their knowledge and their relationship with Jesus. So in case someone is new to the ministry, can you share with them a little bit about who we are, what we do, and how they can get more information about the ministry? Well, absolutely. Uh, both Vic and I are, are evangelists with Lamb and Lion Ministries. Lamb and Lion Ministries is a Bible prophecy teaching ministry, and our mission it is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. And uh, if you want to find out more about us, we invite you to our website at ChristInProphecy.org or LambLion.com for Lamb and Lion Ministries or our television show, ChristInProphecy.org. Uh, our television program has been on 18 seasons now, and it's uh, hosted by Dr. David Reagan and myself. And uh, so we're really excited about that. So check us out on ChristInProphecy.org. We also have a Christ in Prophecy YouTube channel, of course, all the other social media and uh, we have many videos and articles, newsletters, and other teaching materials you can find right on our website. Ooh, fantastic. Thank you so much, Nathan. And yes, we're here to serve you. So uh, for those of you that are, again, students of Bible prophecy, uh, take advantage of all these wonderful resources going back for many, many years, wonderfully archived so that you can grow in this subject matter. So Nathan, like always, you and I are always so excited because we, we every time we turn around every week, there seems to be so much more news that just shows us how close we are to the return of the Lord. And of course, Nathan, yesterday's article was one that really got uh, certain people on a frenzy. As you and I read there, those headlines that read Israel, Arab state set to sign Trump broker deals in White House ceremony. And there we see Trump and some other leaders, Israel, Jerome, and, and they're all, uh, uh, you know, sort of like uh, uh, waving their hands. And people are now wondering, what in the world does this mean? Is this the, the start of the tribulation? <laughs> that That is probably the number one question that's going on this week. Of course, the, as of our recording, uh, President Trump and the uh, President, uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu of Israel and the leader of Bahrain and the United Arab Emirates have all signed a peace accord. Uh, this is a formalizing of diplomatic ties between Israel and these two nations. President Trump says other nations will follow, uh, including Kosovo, uh, possibly even Saudi Arabia. And uh, the reason for this is, is that Iran and Turkey and Russia, which continue to have a a growing coalition working together or pushing farther south, 
course, they're in Syria right now, and they're making threats against the Arab nations. Uh, Iran has well long made its uh, intentions known that it wants to conquer Saudi Arabia and take over Mecca, which is the holiest site of Islam. So the Saudis know that if they want power in the region and protection in the region, they have to start making a coalition. Well, the United States increasingly is pulling out of the Middle East, especially since the Iran-Iraq uh, Iraqi freedom. And so uh, President Trump's pulling more troops out of the Middle East. And so they need to go to the next superpower. What is the next growing power in the Middle East? It's Israel. So they are working with Israel to make peace accords with them in the hopes of forming this coalition to counter the coalition that's coming down with Russia, Iran, and Turkey. You know, Nathan, and that's great news. And this is why we're trying to clarify uh, what's going on here, because immediately individuals that do not know too much about Bible prophecy or they're just looking at the headlines, uh, they seem to uh, oftentimes take so many things out of context and run with it. And already we're seeing individuals posting back and forth. How can Trump do this brokering this deal, dividing the land of Israel? And, 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 <laughs> and it's just amazing how quickly people run with their ideas. Well, absolutely. And the first thought is, well, America is forcing Israel to divide its land again. We saw terrible repercussions. Uh, Bill Koenig, who's been on our television program many times, he's written the book uh, Eye to Eye, and he makes parallels between every time a president does something that divides Israel's land against what God says about the curse for any nation that tries to divide Israel's land, the apple of God's eye, as he calls it in Genesis, uh, will be uh, disasters, punishments, uh, uh, insurrections, upheavals, financial ruin. Uh, basically, Zechariah says that the nations will dash themselves to pieces trying to get control of Jerusalem. And so people are looking at the natural disasters in the United States, for instance. We've got the fires raging all the way from Washington down to California. We've had tornadoes hit. We've had two major hurricanes come through right now as we speak. Hurricane Sally is scraping the coast of Mississippi. And so we're seeing a lot of disasters going on. At the same time, these peace accords are happening, and we're concluding, or as Bill Koenig uh, concludes and those who follow his teachings, oh, well, look, God is punishing America for separating and dividing the land of Israel. But folks need to understand that, that this division uh, that they're claiming is happening with the Abraham Accord, as this peace negotiation is being called, has nothing to do with dividing land. There is not one inch of land in Israel that's being given up for this. This is purely diplomatic. It's normalizing relations. It's the same as the peace accord that Israel has with Jordan and which they uh, under Bill Clinton and then the Egyptians back in under Jimmy Carter. It's to bring peace to the region. Now, it doesn't mean that the Arabs love these Jewish people all of a sudden. They hate them with a passion. They're ancient thousands of years old enmity between the Jewish people and, and the Arab world. So that's not coming. And this is purely for political convenience. It's to protect themselves against the growing threat of Iran. When President Bush went in and, and freed Iraq uh, from Saddam Hussein, and then ISIS swept through, and, and uh, that fight went on, it took the, the linchpin that was holding the Middle East together, that was keeping Iran in check. Now Iran isn't in check. Syria is, is decimated, pretty much. And so there's a big, the Arabs are really worried about this threat. Now, bear in mind, too, that the country of Bahrain is a tiny, tiny little island that has an American military base. And the United Arab Emirate is just the tip of the Sinai, or excuse me, the uh, Saudi Arabia, it's on the tip there and on the peninsula there. And so it's, these countries don't have major power whatsoever. 
if we see Saudi Arabia and Lebanon and some other countries join Israel in this Abraham Accord, then that would be significant. But so to dispel what you said, to, to come to the conclusion there is that that Israel has given up no land whatsoever. What they are doing is agreeing not to annex more land and put more settlers in that annex land for a period of four years. So again, this doesn't have anything to do with dividing Israel. So the disasters we're seeing, of course, are natural disasters, are, which are typical of the signs of the end times. Jesus said they'd increase in frequency and intensity the closer we get to the Lord's return. And the fires, they're finding out that many of these fires being set are Antifa and Black Lives Matter. They're, they're the agitators which are burning down the cities are now burning down the countryside. So this is part of the insurrection that the leftists are doing to try to overthrow the country. Uh, they all fall into end time sign, but uh, it's not believed that they're directly related to the Abraham Accords. Mm, excellent point. And Nathan, thank you for clarifying that. And again, for those of you that are just that just tuned in, we know this number of you following us on social media. Again, you're tuned into our two plus set, your free Bible prophecy edition, Big Batista Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, clarifying this piece of uh, brokerage by Trump. Uh, and Yahoo. And again, we just want to clarify what the Bible has to say, what this is and what this is not. Uh, so that those of you that are out there uh, don't start um, uh, drawing any uh, wrong conclusions or jumping into any con unbiblical conclusions, but to continue to follow what scriptures have to say, how things are going to actually develop. Uh, so Nathan, again, it's, it's really uh, interesting, everything that is happening all at the same time, these, these Bible prophecy signs are converging together, and you and I are alive uh, to, to be able to get to see this. But uh, again, we believe that before the Lord returns, before the, excuse me, before the tribulation, uh, and of course, before the Lord returns, that there are certain things that need to take place and then once the peace, the true peace treaty is actually signed and agreed upon, that will also set in motion a lot of other things that also have to fall into place biblically. And that's that's why we need to uh, uh, educate those that are tuned into a program right now. So Nathan, you, you and I know that, of course, that true peace treaty uh, is something that is going to uh, uh, take place in the future. But Daniel chapter 9 verses 24 through 27, actually outline a little bit of that for us. Would you be able to take us there, Nathan, and read for us Daniel 9, 24 through 27? Absolutely. And I just want to clarify what you said, uh, Vic, just in case people don't know what peace treaty you're talking about. What you're talking about is the peace treaty that the Antichrist, a future one world ruler, will make with Israel for a period of seven years and then break it in the, the way. It's, it's totally separate from we're talking about the Abraham Accords or the Trump's deal of the century. Donald Trump is not the Antichrist. He, the man of lawlessness rises up out of lawlessness. President Trump is for law and order. Uh, the Antichrist will rise from Europe. President Trump is from America. So he is creating peace in the Middle East, but this, is a, this Abraham Accords is not the peace agreement that the Antichrist makes with Israel. There's a number of prophetic things, and we'll cover that in this program, a number of prophetic events that have to happen between now and, and the Antichrist peace treaty for it to be the actual peace treaty that we read about and uh, we're about to read about. 
Mm, fantastic, Nathan. And Nathan, I'm so glad that you share that because again, uh, a picture paints a thousand words. And once people see a picture of, of Trump and Middle East leaders, immediately they start running with that. <laughs> they do. And, and you got to remember that Israel sees President Trump as the next Cyrus. You know, he, like, he moved the embassy to Israel. He's been the greatest friend that Israel's ever had. And the Antichrist will be just like that. He'll come in as like a savior to the world, and then he'll come in as a savior to Israel, and and the people will think great things of him, and then they'll be shocked. To, we'll read about later how uh, he'll turn on them and slaughter two thirds of the Jewish people, wage war against them, and so we're like, well, Trump's going to turn on Israel and be the Antichrist uh, again. No, the the Antichrist needs to rise to power over the world from Europe, and, and Trump isn't that. He doesn't fit the bill. He he honestly, and you talk to. Uh, others who are Israelis, Amir Safardi, for instance, in his videos, and uh, you, others who are close to President Trump, he generally loves the Jewish people, and he loves Christians, and he wants to see the nation of Israel prosper. And so it's leading up. The peace accords and the peace he's making in the Middle East actually is a separate prophecy, I believe, tied to the Gog and Magog War of Ezekiel 38 and 39, an event, a war that will happen before the Antichrist comes upon the scene. Mm, amen. Uh, that's that's fantastic, Nathan. And then that's why we want individuals to actually get their Bibles and turn with us so that they can really have an opportunity to get into the scriptures. And sad enough, Nathan, that's what it is. A lot of people don't turn in their Bibles to the scriptures and actually read what's written in there. So would you be able, Nathan, yeah, to take us there to Daniel 9, verses 24 and 27? Uh, and uh, so we can then open it up. Absolutely. It's a, a difficult passage, but uh, if you study it, uh, we'll make it hopefully <laughs> simpler. <laughs> so uh, let's let's begin. If it sounds a little confusing, uh, don't worry. Uh, uh, Vic and I will explain it. Is it. Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. The streets shall be built again and the wall even in troublesome times. And after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself, and the people, the prince who is to come, shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with a flood, and till the end of war, desolations are determined. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abominations shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. Mm, fantastic. And Nathan, exactly like you said, we're trying to clarify for people. Some of these events already took place. Other events are going to actually happen in the far future, uh, past our time that we're talking about right now. Absolutely. So let's start with verse 24 and, and simplify it based on studying Bible prophecy as a whole, not just taken out of context. What, what this angel is telling Daniel is that there is a prophecy of 70 weeks or weeks of years equaling 490 years. And in four, these 490 years, God is going to do a number of things to fulfill his promises to the Jewish people uh, and also to the Gentile world. Uh, a destruction, as we read in Daniel 2, of the Gentile nations and a beginning of Jesus Christ's kingdom on this earth, known as the Millennial Kingdom. 
So God has a number of things, and he lists them here, that he wants to accomplish. But he says, uh, going into this uh, 62 weeks of years, that there's going to be a series of prophecies that need to be fulfilled. And of that time, in 483 years from an Artaxerxes that's been determined, uh, started to create a edict to rebuild Jerusalem and its walls, the Messiah would be cut off. Well, there have been calculated down to the day, 483 years exactly, to when Jesus Christ made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And he was celebrated and praised as the Messiah. And you know what happened a week later? He was killed. He was uh, crucified and was resurrected and came to life again. So there's a seven-year time period left on this prophecy that has yet to be fulfilled. And it's called Daniel's 70th week prophecy. It's also known as the, in Jeremiah 30, verse 7, as the time of Jacob's trouble, or throughout Bible prophecy, the last days, or the day of the Lord, or the end times, a, a great tribulation period, just like the flood was God's wrath poured upon the earth. The tribulation will be a seven-year time period where Jesus will finish. The church age has kind of been that mystery. It's been that break in that 490 years. And then the seven years will pick up again for that tribulation time period. Terrible time period. I mean, we hear desolations, a determinant. And this prince who's to come, uh, he's a descendant of those who destroyed the temple, which was destroyed in 70 AD. That's how we know it's the Europeans, uh, the Roman Empire revised. This Antichrist, as John, the Apostle John calls him, will come. He will destroy, he will, uh, excuse me, create a abomination of desolation in the middle of this covenant he makes with Israel, he'll declare himself to be God, which we'll read about later in Revelation 13, and will cause Israel to become desolate. The Jewish people will flee in terror into the wilderness. And so what we're getting here is we're getting a prophecy, a half of it that's already happened, what's leading up to Jesus's crucifixion. And we also have another would jump forward to 70 AD when the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed. But then this last seven week period which is in the future, is when the Antichrist will make a peace covenant with Israel. So it's all tied to what's called prophetic perspective. In other words, the prophet would look down time and he'd see all these events lined up because in his point of view, they were all sequential. But from our point of view, now that prophecy's finished, we realize that there are points in time separate and distinct from each other. And that's why this prophecy goes all the way from Daniel in 520 or so BC all the way up till today. Mm, excellent. And, and Nathan, I love the way that you brought us that quick historical overview uh, of this because it is. There's a lot packed into these verses. I mean, that's a lot of history right there. This, this is why Daniel, when you get to next, uh, Daniel 12, is shaking his head and he's saying to the angel, basically, I don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> and he's <laughs> like, Daniel, you can't possibly understand this because these events have to happen first before you'll understand it. And he gives this wonderful prophecy, another one in Daniel 4. He says, this is the time period when people have great knowledge, a tremendous increase in knowledge, and they travel all over the place and they start understanding Bible prophecy. That's the time period that this will happen. And brother, we live in that age. We live in a time of great knowledge, thanks to computers and great travel, thanks to modern planes and cars and trains and all. We're in that time period. The angel said we'd understand it, and we are. We're understanding it more and more because each of the pieces in the prophetic picture are being snapped into place, and we're getting a better, better in view of what's happening.
Mm, excellent point. Again, you're tuning to a truth will set you free. Bible prophecy edition. Vic Batista and Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. We thank you for being part of the program. And Nathan, every week, literally every month, as technology is developing, uh, knowledge is increasing, and we're able to understand things better. Uh, uh, I mean, it's just amazing the amount of information that we have now that we're able to filter through to be able to navigate through to, uh, uh, again, decipher certain things that in the past would have taken us months to find that information. Yeah, absolutely. We are living in, in fantastic times, scary times. So this, this peace covenant that the Antichrist is supposed to be making with Israel, again, this isn't the Abraham Accord. The Abraham Accord lays the peace for what we read about a separate prophecy in Ezekiel 38 and 39. It's called the Gog and Magog War. It's where Russia, Iran, Turkey, those stand nations like Kyrgyzstan and all, uh, Sudan, Libya, and those nations in northern Africa, interestingly, all Muslim, all Islamic, uh, except for Russia. And the prophecy is that these nations unite. They come down to Israel. They try to plunder her. Well, Israel hasn't had any wealth or reason to plunder Israel until the giant gas find and uh, that Israel has. They've been laying pipes. They're going to compete directly with Russia for European dominance of oil production for Europe, and that will bankrupt the Russian economy in not too distant future. So the, the Russians are desperate to stop Israel from selling their oil and gas uh, to Europe. So we now know what the hook is that drags. He's called Gog, the leader of Russia, which if Putin is still president at that time, it very well could be Vladimir Putin, and lead this coalition, which we already see today, the first time in human history that Russia, Iran, and Turkey have ever been allies. They've always been enemies, but now they're allied together. And so the Middle East is creating this peace, this, this uh, Abraham Accord, as a counter to that new threat that's coming. Now, it's interesting in that prophecy, in Gog and Magog prophecy, is that the... Uh, Sheba and Dedan, which is the ancient names for the Arab nations on the, the peninsula there, the uh, Arabian Peninsula, uh, they sit back and watch, but they also protest that this is happening. I guess they don't feel strong enough to defend Israel. And it says the, the merchants of Tarshish and their young lions. Well, the merchants of Tarshish were uh, the farthest known lands at the times, like uh, Great Britain and, and Spain and France and all, and their young lions, their colonies. Well, their colonies is the new world. We're talking about North America and South America, and all those nations involved. They sit back unable or unwilling to help Israel, and God steps in. He defeats these nations miraculously. We're talking about earthquakes and fires and, and plague, and, and the nations turn on each other, and then God sends fire back on their nations. And it says a, a sixth or a remnant, uh, it's either sixth or ninth, I have to double check, goes gets pushed back into the farthest regions of the north, which would be uh, uh, out there in the, the colds of, of eastern uh, Russia. And so God destroys the world power of Russia and Islam. It totally d d just undermines Islam in the Middle East, and Israel becomes a superpower. And that is set, I believe, that peaceful precondition when, when that Russia and all these nations attack Israel, it says that Israel is at peace without walls and prosperous. And brother, we're seeing that today. Israel is, is very prosperous. They feel safe within their wonderful military, the IDF. But then if they're at peace with their neighbors around them, if possibly a Psalm 83 war happens where 
Israel subjugates the nations around them or makes peace treaties with them to subjugate them. Uh, that is leading up. So I think what we're seeing here with the Abraham Accord is directly leading up to the peaceful precondition that predates the Psalm, uh, excuse me, the Ezekiel 38 and 38-9 war. Now, the result of that war leaves the world terrified of Israel because they know that God is there defending them. And this is where I believe in the prophetic timeline, the Antichrist then makes a peace covenant with Israel, not necessarily to protect Israel from the world, but to protect the world from the God of Israel. And that gives the Antichrist time to consolidate his kingdom and conquer any nations that won't be subjected to him. You know, Nathan, and that's why I, I'm so excited because we, we need to clarify exactly uh, this picture that we're seeing in today's news with Trump and and, and those uh, Middle Eastern individuals there. Because some, some people might erroneously actually think that, oh, yeah, they're signing this treaty and it's the beginning of the tribulation. And because the rapture hasn't occurred, that means that we're going to go through the tribulation like some of the post-tribulations believe. And, and again, Nathan... People get these wild ideas and then other Christians who don't know any better start freaking out. They're fearful because they don't really understand the truth of what the Bible has to say. No, no. And, and it's confusing. So I, I'll give people credit. Uh, there's a lot going on right now. I mean, tremendous lot going on. And so how does all the picture go together? And so when you, you study Bible prophecy and you look at all the verses and see how the timeline would work, uh, it seems very clear that the Abraham Accords is part of the peaceful precondition that gives Israel to be, leads Israel to be unaware that Russia is about to invade them, Russia and its Islamic forces. The coalition's there, the pre-existing conditions are there. We're getting very, very close to Russia coming down to invade Israel as prophesied. Mm. And that, with God stepping in, now the wonderful thing about that, you, you mentioned the rapture, and I think it's important to bring that up, is that what we'll see, or the world will see, I should say, is a refocus of God from the church and onto Israel. The church won't be his way of showing the world himself. God will step in. And it says that the result of this Gog and Magog war, that God's supernatural power to protect Israel will lead the entire world, the entire world, to realize that there is a God. There should be no more atheists after that. <laughs> the Jewish people will give their hearts to God, not not to Jesus Christ yet. That happens at the end of the tribulation. But they'll return to God and they'll rebuild their temple. Well, the temple has to be rebuilt for the Antichrist to go in and desecrate it. Exactly. So we know that that and brother and the Temple Institute has everything ready to build the third temple. So that's almost ready to go too. The only obstacle is the Islamic control of the Temple Mount with the Al Aqsa Mosque and the Dome of the Rock up there. So something has to give for the Jewish people to feel free to rebuild the temple again. And if you have the entire Islamic world collapse because of the, their defeat of Allah by Jehovah God, then that should do it. And we are so close prophetically to these events happening. Now, because their focus is off the church and on Israel, I believe then the rapture of the church happens before the Gog and Magog war. And therefore... The rapture has to happen before this war happens, and we won't be here to see it. 
Ooh, and Nathan, I'm glad you mentioned that because that, that is our segue as we look at these different views that are out there. And maybe you can help clarify for certain individuals what we believe as opposed to what others believe in terms of uh, the church, when uh, it will be taken out, and then who's actually going to be in the tribulation. And uh, uh, Because a lot, of, a lot of misunderstandings by certain views out there is that they put the church in the tribulation, but according to scriptures, that's not so. Oh, absolutely not. The church is promised, First uh, Thessalonians 1.10 and 5.9, Revelation 3.10 and other verses, all promise that the church is not destined to endure the wrath of God. The wrath of God, we know, is the tribulation, the seven-year time period that's for the future, just like the flood was. Yes, Christians today endure tribulations, little t, sufferings because we live in a fallen world and because we follow Christ. But the big T, capital, the tribulation, is an event. It's God's wrath upon the world to judge the world for its sins, but also to get people on their knees and to call out for Jesus to be their Savior. And we read in the Bible, especially about the martyrs who died during the tribulation at the hand of the Antichrist, from multitudes from every tribe, tongue, nation, and people will start giving their lives to Christ during the tribulation. But that doesn't mean the church has to be there for it. And that is what's called the modern premillennial uh, view. In other words, the church age happened after Christ resurrected in Pentecost. It will lead to the rapture of the church where Jesus takes Christians off this earth and up to heaven. The seven-year tribulation will commence when the Antichrist makes a peace covenant with Israel. It'll end upon Jesus' return with the church at the second coming, defeat the Antichrist, the false prophet, and put Satan into a pit. And then we enter Christ's kingdom, but we've been looking forward to, brother, Christ's 1,000-year kingdom of peace and righteousness and justice on this earth. Ooh, and that's praise the Lord. That's what I will say to that, Nathan. And again, this, this is very important because these views that are out there, you need to uh, understand what, what we believe. We're pre-tree, pre-mill. We believe, again, like Nathan mentioned, that we are not going to go through any part of the tribulation. We believe, according to 1 Thessalonians 4, we're going to be raptured even before this event. So what you're seeing lining up today, again, is just a preparation for what the Bible has to say will occur in the in the future, but the real Antichrist will rise to power. And then also there's going to be a, 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 a great deception, according to Second Thessalonians uh, chapter two, that is also going to take place and a great falling away. And I believe we are we are seeing some of those things happening uh, during our time, which really should quicken your heart and your spirits. For those of you that are part of this program that maybe don't know Jesus and begin to get right with the Lord. Uh, maybe you're seeing these signs and maybe you're scared. Maybe you saw the, the picture there of Trump and this uh, uh, other leaders and you're wondering what is going on. Well, maybe the Lord is tugging at your heart so that you can focus and turn to him. And if you don't know him personally, we want to give you an opportunity right now for you to turn to Christ while there is still time. So, Nathan, I know we only have about a minute left to the program. Would you be able to maybe share with that person on the other side that's tuned in right now that doesn't know the Lord? how they can start that relationship with him even right now. Absolutely. Well, we know that God is in control, so don't be scared. Uh, the Lord has it all under control. Habakkuk 2, uh, 4 says, The just or the righteous shall live by faith. So we put our faith in Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world, as the Son of God. And uh, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, uh, he forgives you of your sins. The penalty of death and hell which is on you is put on the cross 
And then one day we will stand before God face to face, pure and holy. So if you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ, then step out in faith. Pray from your heart something like, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior. And Jesus will forgive you of your sins. You'll have a new life and a new future in heaven with Jesus. Ooh, praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Nathan. And the Bible says there's a celebration in heaven and we're celebrating with you right now. Hey, why don't you let us know if you received the Lord by calling us or texting us at 305-992-9537. We would love to send you a Bible and some material so that you can continue to grow in your relationship with the Lord. And uh, we thank the Lord for your wonderful uh, decision. So Nathan, what an exciting program. Nathan, thank you so much for clarifying those difficult topics for our listeners today. It's always great to have you on. Oh, glad to do it, brother. Great to be on with you guys as well.